You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. If you enjoy our podcast, please share the link and give us a review. So with us today is a very special guest, Christy Bartlett. She's Director uh, of Strength and Conditioning at North Carolina State University, where she oversees six strength coaches and over 500 athletes. Welcome, Christy. Hey, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, we're excited. You know, you're our first uh, female guest. So uh, I guess it took this many years of practice to get us qualified for this special occasion. <laughs> well, we've had Stacy in the background before. So. Stacy has been. Uh, yeah, she's our engineer. She's kind of behind the scenes. So. Uh, all right. So no doubt we've got tons to talk about. Uh, we want to get into your athletic background, lifting, coaching and all that. But first of all, you've got an extensive background with our very own Jimmy Steele. So uh, you want to fill us in? Both of you fill us in on that. I mean, how long ago has, has that been since you've met and began working together? Uh, we started working together probably back in like 2011, but it, it kind of goes back before that. Um, I played basketball throughout college, and that's kind of how I figured out that I wanted to be a strength coach. And it was one summer I was like, I'm going to be a strength coach. And I read an article that he wrote on Elite FTS. It was kind of an interview. And uh, I read it, and I was like, I got to go work for this guy. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to go work for him. And so I emailed him, and I said, hey, you got any jobs? And he's like, well, who is this? And, like, what's your experience? And I was like, I'm a, you know, I'm a college athlete. I'm down in North Carolina. Do you have any jobs? I want to be a strength coach. And he was like, he replied and he's kind of like, uh, I got an internship during the summer. So I called my parents and I told them, I said, I'm moving to Philadelphia. They're like, for what? And I was like, I'm an internship with Jim Steele. Like who, who the hell is that? And I said, he's a coach. I got to go work for him. He's all, didn't know him, didn't know him at all. And uh, from there, uh, I finished school and, and then I applied for a job probably like six years later for a full-time position there. And, um, and then that's where we met. And then I, he brought me on the first time as a, as a, as a part-time strength coach there for my second job. Well, first of all, I'm very surprised your folks didn't know who Jimmy Steele was. I thought everybody did. Right. They probably who knew who Marty Gallagher was, but not me. They knew Marty. Yeah. yeah. Well, back up just a little bit, Christy. So, because we were talking the other day, we did a little pre, uh, you know, pre, pre get together just about you. And Marty was saying, well, let's get her athletic slash lifting background. How did you come to, I mean, were you lifting weights at in middle school and junior in uh, high school? Did you lift well, weights well, basketball? Yeah. Jim. Yeah, now look. Let's, let's, let's do it right. Where are you from? There you go. Uh, right, right outside the Outer Banks, a place called Camden, Camden County, North Carolina. Okay. Twenty minutes uh, inside. Small, small area. I mean, was it rural? Was it urban? What was it? What, what oh, was it was, close to? It was rural. It was close to uh, Elizabeth City, one stoplight town. Um, had two gas stations. Um, very rural. Pro minutes inside of uh like kitty hawk and uh -huh. yeah Ed. yes 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 kitty hawk right right always athletic always in the always 
come in and I, was, I grew up outside, you know, climbing trees, getting caught up in trees and shit like that. Yeah. My dad wrestled in high school. And so we did, we were always tussling around and come out front and do push-ups, flexing and doing just, you know, kid stuff. And I started playing basketball early on, um, loved it my freshman year of high school you know, given the fact that I had a class of like 97, I knew that I was the best basketball player in the whole entire county. I tried out for the basketball team, didn't make it. And so I was a little bit butthurt. I barged into the, the basketball coach's office and I'm like, hey, you know, you know, what's going on? My name's not on the list. And he's like, well, you know, you're not good enough. And I was like, all right, all right, we'll bet I'm going to come back next year. And I'll make the team, and then I'm gonna go get a Division One scholarship to play basketball. Right. And he, he's just kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, dumb kid, whatever. And so that summer, I took a PE class, um, and it was weightlifting. And so I started running sprints, like light pole sprints on the back roads, and like started lifting. First time I lifted, it was I remember going into the gym and leg pressing, and I just leg pressed until I like had to go back outside. Because I was like, I gotta get in shape. So I was on Slim Fast for two shakes a day nice. and a special K cereal um, for dinner with a piece of chicken breast. Yeah. So yeah, that's, what, that, that's what Kirk used to eat all the time, too. Really? Special K <laughs> with chicken breast. Oh, yeah. That's a- and, and Slim Fast? <laughs> and, and did you lose weight? I got into shape. I mean, I remember going to, after I did that for a little while, I was like, I'm going to get hydroxy cut. I, nice. went, I went and picked it up. Were you so, chubby? I was chubby. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you have your full height? Did you have your full height? I was probably around five, six. I'm five, eight now. Okay. So you're pretty close. All right. So he looked at you and said, oh, this is just an overweight girl. Yeah. She'll, yeah. She'll never, she'll never and, mount anything. Uh, See you later. Yeah. And how, I had much, a, how much how much how much weight did you lose when you showed up the following year? I probably came. I think I was I was a little fucker. So I was around like not much, maybe eight, not eight to twelve pounds or something like that. I remember. Put, put a muscle, but you put on muscle. Well, what were you, yeah. what, were you what were you weighing at five six? Oh shit! What was five six? Then I may have been like one, somewhere between one, one sixty-five, like that. I was just, yeah, I was kind of, I was thick. I was, I was short. So hydroxy cut didn't work. My mom was like, "What is that you're taking? You can't take that stuff." She cut it off. I was like, "All right, that's." Uh, <laughs> Were you devastated? Deservedly so. Dude, you didn't know the doctor back then. If you would just call me, I'd be like, all right, you take this and this and this. <laughs> all right. So, so you, t- wait, you you underwent the transformation. By the time you got out of high school, what were you? Um, by the time of- I, was, I was, I don't remember my weight. I can just remember for the last like three years getting super involved in the weight training. So I would lift, start lifting with like the football guys some of those guys yeah. weren't very strong and I would bench. They'd be like, oh my God, you can bench like 95 pounds and for reps. Right. And I would just go in and bench and leg press, bench and leg press, bench and leg press. Um, well, and did that yeah. for, I mean, for the entirety of like my high school career. So obviously I mean, you look totally, so I'm trying to get back to when you showed up 
for the next year's tryouts, you know, what happened? Take us through that. Cause now you're a different person. You lost eight pounds of fat. You gained, you know, five, 10 pounds of muscle. And what happened? I was able to, I was, I could definitely tell I was a hell of a lot more conditioned than when I was, I was able to get up on the floor and finish the drill the way that I should have been. And right. I played a lot of basketball. I mean, I played a lot of basketball. There was pickup every day, you know, come home when the, the, the street lights were on, it was from what, sun up to what was sundown. Your, what was your position? I was the four, I was a power forward. Okay. And that was back when the power forwards were less like a guard. So there was some banging around and all that kind of stuff. So with the weight training, I gained a shit ton of confidence. Like I'm, you know, I'm super strong and you guys can't stop me from going and getting the ball. I was a big rebounder. Um, I was right. really good with that. So I'd love yep. the banging part. Right. So right. no, no real strength program. You were just going in there and you just I love her strength guys. program. I love her strength program. Leg press and bench press. Just go back and forth. I'm telling you, man, uh, you could have done a hell of a lot worse. I'll tell you that. That's right. I like that. That's exactly like right. That. And, leg and you know press, what? bench press. That's it. And better Marty, off. And Marty, better off leg pressing than, than doing a, a wrong squat. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Getting hurt. Absolutely. Chris, Christy, Christy, were you instantly hooked when you started uh, doing all the leg presses and, and benches? Was it just like... Bam, um, I found something I'm just in love with. Yeah, it was it was love at first sight. As soon as I leg yeah. press and vomited, I was like, this is it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. All right. Where, where'd you go to college? Uh well, I started off at I ended up getting the scholarship and went down to Winthrop University. It's down in Rock Hill, okay. South Carolina. And then mm-hmm. I ended up transferring a couple times because I was a shithead and uh went to Hagerstown Community College, stayed there for oh, a year. Yeah. And That's then in my I, neighborhood. Yep. yep yeah, we've, been, we've been through Maryland. there, yeah. And I ended up graduating from Catawba College. So you're that? one of those athletes, man. You just kept what you were you were trouble, right? You you knew did you know everything? Is that what the problem was? I was just trouble. always in something and like I was in class with my hood up, the desk, doing until somebody sat me down, until one of my coaches said, either you're gonna do it this way or you're done. I did whatever I wanted. I needed okay. to be told. Right. Um, I needed to be told in my, and I, I partied a lot. Yeah, I was a big drinker and I was like, come into practice, kind of hung over, showed up for games, but practice, I was kind of a mess. I was a mess. <laughs> so you were like the rest of us. I mean, you, you, you latched onto something, but it took some maturity to really dial you in and make you realize what was going on here and what your potential was. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I needed somebody to like light a fire and mm-hmm. then tell me where to be, when to be and how to act. Yeah, guidance. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have anybody, man. You just, you know, it's like when I was talking about the other week on that podcast about a kid missing a rep and me saying, you could have gotten that rep and then next time him coming back and getting it. And my son was like, hell, nobody ever told him he could have gotten a rep that he missed, coach. Nobody ever mm-hmm. told you you're not supposed to sit in the back row with your hood on and, you know, half hung over. You're supposed mm-hmm. to do it this way if you want to be successful. You know what I mean? And then there's a different type of personality that responds to that. Um, you're a rebel, you know, and you got you needed somebody. You wanted to rebel until somebody said, hey, man, you're not going to get anywhere like that. You know, and for you to rise up and, and straighten up, that tells you something about your character, man. It really does. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, um, we're all alpha, you know. 
And there's something about that. You're going to do it your way until somebody says, hey, there's a better way. And this is what you need to do. Right. But you got to respect that person. I bet you respect that coach. You know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. There's no you know, no one takes advice from somebody they don't respect. Right. Would you Christy, right. would you call that first coach a, a mentor of yours? Like the first true mentor? Yeah, once I once I saw that she wasn't going to let me get away with anything, I was like, "All right, okay, I got you." Yeah, <laughs> but didn't you. they have to come and wake you up in the dorm sometimes when you well, when they were practice or what was the deal? I don't know. I got kicked out. I don't remember. I got kicked. My memory's terrible. I got kicked out of practices a lot. I got you know, Christy, come to my office down here. You know, let's have a meeting. Like your scholarship is going to be taken. This that and does not get take get taken care of. So it was right. a lot of that, a lot of that. So, Jim, did you know all this when you hired her? Well, actually, probably that was, right. That's probably why that, you did that hire her. Turned me off uh, <laughs> because I admire the rebel personality and the fact that she came through and ended yeah. up being a success. You right. know, and some some people mature at different. She was mature in the weight room. She was mature when she played in the game. She just needed that maturity on some other aspects. But uh, sure. That 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 rebellious attitude, I love that man. But and, and it's and it's a lot like Marty. It's a are the special forces guys that we know and work with have the same personality. Mm-hmm. That's that same. Is, I'm not they're, doing they're that. Not, they're not going to yeah. get to that level if they don't. Right. right. You can't you can't work with an athlete that that you continually have to. You want the guy that you have to crank back a little bit. Right. Yeah. Right. You know that's that's the that's the one who 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 moves ahead, not the one that continually has to be pumped up. You want I want somebody I've got to I've got to ratchet them back a little bit because they're a little too wild, a little too crazy, a yeah. little too this, a little too that, right? Yeah. Just like uh, I was, right? Just like Steel was, just like Christy is. Yeah, and if you JP, I don't know about you. Were you out of control or were you? Um, I, I wasn't too I was out of control sort of uh I had some issues you know growing up yeah you know we were out uh gallivanting around uh, misbehaving in high school going to parties doing stuff we shouldn't have done yeah typical you know but there comes a time when you have to start uh maturing and you have to have those little conversations with yourself and go look I'm either going to be a F up or I'm going to be something in life. And to be something in life, I got to start thinking now and preparing now and dialing I, myself in. I had that conversation with myself when I turned 50. I was just, gonna <laughs> say, I started maturing at 50. I think I had to get away from Christy to start maturing. <laughs> uh, so how, how did you, so uh, was, was steel at Penn at the time? Yeah, he was at Penn. So that, my that, that 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 must have that must have where were you, you're coming from North Carolina at the time at the time you're going to Penn Pennsylvania University must have been a mind blowing. Well, look, didn't you go to universe UNC Charlotte first or something? Well, I was getting my my uh, master's at UNC Charlotte, but I okay. had had my coaching job. I was in Moorhead, Kentucky, which is the middle yeah, of that's nowhere. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. I was there. What's your, what's, they, your, what's your degree in? Uh, my undergrad is in exercise science and my master's is in clinical exercise physiology. Good, good, yeah, good. So 
you arrive at University of Pennsylvania slash Wharton. <laughs> oh, what do you think? I think it was, I was excited because I was coming from, there was nothing in Kentucky. There was a mountain was barren. There was Walmart old. There was a school that hadn't been updated in years. And then there were a couple of meth labs in, sprinkled in between all of this. And I was like, I'll get me out of here. I got to go. So when I, I had the opportunity to go you with steel and um he ended up offering me the part-time position so i went from like making i think it was ten thousand at moorhead to i think it was fourteen thousand in philadelphia and i was excited i was excited as hell and Man, that for, that fourteen thousand goes a long way in philly doesn't it you had you had other jobs, right? I can't remember. Did you get other jobs? She had to. She yeah. had to eat. Yeah. I had, a, I had a credit card. I had a credit card. So there was there was debt when I left the first time from UPenn. But the first one I rolled off the plane, I hate flying. I can't yeah. stand it. Yeah, can't stand too. it. And uh, I was drinking vodka and Valium. <laughs> or taking Valium while I was on the plane. And I get off and still picks me up in a truck. Never met her before. Never met her before. <laughs> And you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm, I took a lot of value. I drank a lot of vodka. And I said, I'm going to hire this girl no matter what. <laughs> I, love, I love the honesty, man. I love the honesty right away. And she wasn't yeah. trying to impress me. And it was, I was like, oh, I, I, I can totally relate right now. Uh, but so I didn't she get had, her, you know, she didn't yeah, get did she, did, did she have, also, did she have the look? Oh, yeah. She, and... and she cared how she acted, but she was also totally herself. I could tell right away she was totally herself. You know, uh, in our conversations, they became very informal right away, which is that, that's what I wanted. You know, when people are reading off cards when you interview them, I'm just like, well, how am I going to get to know you now? You know what I mean? Because you're, you're putting on some facade. But right away, after the Valium and Vodka comment, I knew that we were going to get along. And so... Uh, you know, I just didn't, I couldn't offer her to full time. And I called her and I said, listen, I want you to be a part time. And I know the money sucks. And we all started off like that. And it's just awful the way they, they, uh, they pay people that work 80 hours a week. But uh, she started crying. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 come on. It's, I can't stand when people start crying. I want to fix that right away. So I'm like, now you got the part time, you got the part time. So think about it and all that. And then uh, she called me and then she showed up. So I say, listen. You gotta, you gotta watch where you park around here, man. I paid fifteen hundred dollars just to park a mile away, so you gotta really watch where you park. I know you ain't got a lot of money, whatever. So I walk out. Uh, it was her first day. I walk out, and she's sitting on the curb by the by South Street or Spruce Street, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" And I see her car <laughs> up on the tow truck <laughs> right, right away. I was like, "Welcome yeah. to Philadelphia, honey." I told you, you gotta be careful. <laughs> she parked in a doctor's spot from the. Yeah. From I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. $150 later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now there was a little adjustment period with that. What with, uh, uh, now was, uh, was uh, Wagner there? No, nah, he had he been was gone. gone. So it was a hundred percent steel. What did you, um, how did you adjust to steel? Was it a uh, radical or easy? Um, it was, I think I, I, I remember coming in thinking that I was going to have his full trust. So for like the first couple of months, it was like, let me see your programs. And I remember having, a, and I was like, right, like kind of questioning, you know, why, why does he want to look over my programs? Like he doesn't, 
think I'm a good coach or like he hired me, you know? And I remember him sitting me down. He was and the answer was yes. I was like, I'm Yeah, you haven't passed the audition yet. Right. Yeah. Jim, how was she right out of the gate? I mean, was she was, oh, she was great, much... but I, yeah, I didn't know her from Adam. It was just yeah. a, a couple day interview. And so we're sitting there and, and I'd been looking at her programs and saying, well, maybe you should do this and maybe you should do that and think about, you know, this. And then finally she's like, when are you going to let me write my, why aren't you letting me write my programs? And I said, cause I don't know if you know what the hell you're talking about, but as soon exactly. as I know that you can, you are on your own and it didn't take long. And she was right on track, but you know, I got, a thousand athletes now wanted to make sure that uh, you know they were getting the best from her and, and they and she fit right in right away yeah so that that was good that was easy i mean it was over writing your programs and it was the whole the entire staff there very much into training there wasn't anybody who was just there who was a poser everybody i mean there were you know maybe half of one but like there wasn't Everybody loved training. They got after it. They actually did it. And so it was very easy for everybody to go in and like have conversations about training. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Makes a huge difference. I mean, if you, you got to have that passion for training and coaching and all that mm -hmm. stuff, you got to have the passion first because otherwise those kids can tell those the results are going to reflect you know, uh, how much the coaches are actually into training themselves and what, well, you know, how strong their passion is for what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always encourage if it, if it wasn't your team, let's say, uh, you know, I was coaching, you know, women's across and Christy was working out. I wanted her to work out next to mm -hmm. women's across. I wanted them to see, Hey, that, that 95 that you're squatting, you can meet Christy at least halfway. Can't you? I know she's doing 370 for five there, but you know, that's a, potentially what you can do, you know, because a lot of kids don't see people lift hard and they, they put these governors in their mind like, oh, that's, you know, I remember the first time somebody squatted 95 pounds on like the field hockey team, they were celebrating. I was like, hold up a minute. You know, James was, my son was probably like eight and he was doing 95 for sets. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta know that that's just a stepping stone to getting a lot stronger than that, you know? Yeah. So I would always encourage the, the staff to lift next to and sort of walk through and give pointers and all that, even if it wasn't your team, you know? Some well, if, uh, if a 400 pound deadlift is the biggest thing in your gym, yeah, you're going to have a big shock <clears throat> when you walk into, you know, chalets, right? Right. And it changes your, your, your frame of reference. If you're, if you continually are in a small pond, right. You're going to have that small pond mentality, but if you get out in the wider world and go, Man, everybody in the world's got a 600-pound deadlift, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, I guess I got to take my – I thought my 495 deadlift was fantastic, not so much, right? Yeah. So uh, your training, you're still actively involved in athletics, right? Um, I'll, well, I mean, by, by athletics, you mean like sports, I'll play basketball probably two times a, two times a week with the, the, um, the staff here, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. But when you were at Penn and when you were with, uh, Steele, he kept you so busy that the only thing you really did was, uh, lift. Did you have any chance to do any cardio or any sports or was it, you know, 80 hours uh, a week at the. 
<laughs> it was uh, I did cardio and then got into jujitsu and then we would um, yeah. hold mitts and stuff like that for each other um, every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I imagine jujitsu was right up your alley, right? Jujitsu was great. I loved it. Yeah. Every lunch, I'm like, "See you later, yeah. Steel. Where are you going? Jujitsu. All right." Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I had so I only had three rules. What were they? Be on time, pay attention, no surprise. No, let I'm me see. Do your job. What was it, Chris? Do your job. Be, do your job. Be on time and no surprises. That's it. So <laughs> mm -hmm. if 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 no she surprises. wanted to take jujitsu at from eleven to one every day and she didn't have teams and the floor was covered, which with kids coming in, leave. Go yeah. go work on something because everything she's doing and Drake would leave and do Muay Thai. Um, Christy would leave and do jujitsu. All that stuff helps our athletes. That it makes sense because it's better. fun for Christy that, and, yeah. and yeah, that she's learning stuff that's going to help our athletes. And the more she learns in other disciplines, the more it helps them get better. So I'm like, go, man, to expand your the better, af the better athlete she becomes, the more knowledge she she has. To exactly. Share. I mean, the whole leverage thing and all that. It's just so important in sports. Uh, and you know, she really helped me with football so that was important you know doing the muay thai in the back room remember marty i had that kickboxing room yeah, yeah. uh you know learning all those combinations being able to kick being able to show it and then you know having the jujitsu now these these kids the, the respect that our kids had for my female staff they it was just like they were talking to me it's just like talking to the male staff and you know whether it's a stereotype or not automatically uh a guy's going to say, well, what the hell? She knows she never played football. But then when they see her slamming somebody <laughs> on the ground yeah. or hitting yeah. the mitts with a lot of force, <laughs> oh, okay, or deadlifting 500, yeah. you know, now, now that level of respect goes way up. Oh, that's right. How about that? Christy, can I ask you something? When you sleep and dream at night, does you hear Boss Rutten's voice <laughs> go, <laughs> left, left uppercut, right cross? <laughs> <laughs> it's why always a low why are you filling in why are you filling in jim that's kind of that's kind of an inside joke but when you went to Steele's gym you just it almost it was like other places you'd have like elevator music or they'd have on the rock station but at Steele's gym it was like boss rootin's voice yeah doing the calling out the boxing combinations <laughs> The best workout you can do. And, you know, Marty, we'd put it on. We'd have 120 <laughs> football players in there, and I'd put it on the big loudspeakers, and everybody yes. would do mitts together. Or I'd do it with yeah. men's lacrosse on the big loudspeakers, boss calling out the combination. Well, no, that's what I heard. I, and I yeah. saw that. And everyone – and no one is – it's like no one's noticing, right? Yeah, like, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. His, <laughs> this, this Dutch voice is booming, yeah. a two and a three. <laughs> You're not tired. You're not tired. So it was all that, no music? No, uh, we had music. music no too, music? But, yeah, we had music. I, I would so hit, the, the guys would come in and they'd say, all right, coach, can we put on our music? So I'd be like, yeah, no problem. I, I'd last. Christy, how long would I last? Not long. Not long yeah, at not all. Long. I can't take it, y'all. I'd put on some metal. I'd have to put on some metal, man. But, I, you know, I was a good sport for a little while, and then it would just – the same beat and the same music. It's just the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the uh, one advantage that Christy had that I still can't figure out um, that I didn't have was she could say whatever she wanted to the athletes and get away with it. Like I would say, 
if I said something that had this huge impact and everybody would be like, oh, Coach Steele's on my ass or Coach Steele, you know. So I would say, Christy, come here for a minute. <laughs> I'd say, hey, yeah. that rack down there, they ain't working. You say like the, good, man. Get on their ass. You say, you say the same thing I was going to say. Right. And she's more their age. She would go down there and say, yo, you know, I can do that for a hundred right now. Uh, you know what you're squatting and everybody yeah. at that rack squatting 185 today. Everybody's yeah. 80% is, is 185 yeah. today. You guys, yeah. you guys uh -huh. gotta get to work, get off your ass and get to work. Yeah. Jim, shameful. you've got, Jim, you've got some good stories. Tell the, the deadlift, uh, the, the body weight deadlift story. We used to have the freshmen come in and, and uh, they had no idea about Christy besides, you know, she's sitting there with 16 inch arms and, and <laughs> you know, and so I'd say, okay, I'd have them for a couple of weeks. And it was just the one good thing that we decided as a staff, we would train the freshmen by themselves. Uh, they would have two lifts with the, with the regular guy, the rest of the varsity. And then they would have uh, two or one or two lifts during the season, just them. So we could, I'd bring out the whole staff. So they'd have almost one-on-one -on -one attention. And it's so important, the developmental stuff. Um, but once I got to know them a little bit, I said, okay, y'all, we're going to have a contest. I'm gonna, I want somebody to come out and deadlift their body weight as many times as they can. And I remember the one kid, Kevin, doing it. And it was like, I don't know, it was, he only weighed like 185. And he probably did it like 25 times. Everybody was cheering. I said, okay, <laughs> Coach Christy, put your body weight on the bar. <laughs> and she would pass him. And then just start looking at him. She would have a conversation while she was while she was passing the reps that he did, and she would just yeah. stop when she felt like stopping, you know. Right. Morning. Uh, and so we do that one, and that would you know. But I always had to hand it to the kid for stepping stepping up. And sure. and once they realized how strong she was, they weren't really embarrassed. That which was really funny. And then I would bring out the tape measure, and I'd say, all right. And I would do that with the varsity kids too. And I'd say, okay, we're gonna measure y'all's arms. And then I, they'd all be measuring their arms. Look at that. Look at that. And I'd start measuring her. I'd say, Coach Christie, come here. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. <laughs> it was so much fun, though. But uh, then, you know, her arm, arms are probably bigger than 50% of them, at least. Yeah. Can't work. She also, arms aren't bigger than uh, Coach Christie's or on or whatever it was that you said. Yeah. Oh, man. She was your secret weapon, huh? Yeah, I bring her out just to. Show some people some stuff. But you know, when she, when you had her out there like showcasing the deadlift and whooping everybody's butt, um, you know, that she was just building and building and building respect from those kids. I mean, they must have been uh, pretty impressed with her and, and did have a high level of respect for her, I would think. Yeah, I had a rule. I couldn't write it down, but I had a rule that everybody had to compete. If you work for me, you had to train for a competition and actually do the competition, whether it was strongman. Whether it's yeah, uh, fighting, rugby, with, something, something, and something, because something. here's my theory behind that. So if I'm going to say to a kid, "Hey, you got to do 85 percent of your max for five sets of six, that's a bitch. And if I've never done that, I'm not going to program it unless I, you know, have have really done the work before, you know, with the program. Yeah, well, you, you know, I'm in, not, you, in, in the year 2021, you're you are in the distinct minority. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. that's all that happens out there. It's people who have never done the programs. It's so easy to write up these complicated inverted pyramid, double reverse oh. periodization with the cross face chicken wing. You know, and, and it's just it's just over. It's paralysis through over analysis. Yeah. You know, it's just too much. But that's how they. That's how you make yourself distinctive from the next strength coach. And, and Christy, 
let me finish. It's your level of sophistication trumps, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what we try to stress is we're say, look, look back at the ultra basics. Look back at simpler times. Look back at leg press and bench press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. She, she, you know, Christy, Christy mentioned the word poser. That's one I often use. That kind of dates us a little bit, doesn't it, uh, Christy? But uh, that's that's a term we used uh, a lot back in the '80s and and all that '90s. Um, but y- you know that seems to be the the status quo nowadays. Everybody's a poser. Everybody's out there trying to give all these uh, this expert advice when they've done nothing themselves. It's like, well, you know, you know, a lot of people. Um, you know, go to Instagram and social media and they see these models and people doing all this crazy stuff and they go, well, you know, that this person has a million followers. They must know what they're talking about. But, you know, yeah. so there's a lot of that. I always said, if you're going to be a coach or, you know, I'm in the fitness equipment business, I manufacture fitness equipment. You, this is a different animal. You got to look the part. We're not selling furniture. Or selling cars, you know, you have to physically look and, and be the part if you're a coach or, you know, in this line of business. It's a, it's a different animal. Well, you know, uh, my dad had a great expression for that. You know, my dad's a sports psych guy, but he, he, we'd always say somebody would be expounding. It was usually football related, like Bob Costas would be giving his opinion on how Terry Bradshaw threw too many interceptions. And my dad would say, who'd he play for again? He can't play for anybody. He can't play for nobody. Yeah. And it, who'd he play for? That's my, I mean, all growing up is who'd he play for? Okay. Now I remember when I used to, when I went to college, I would look at my coach's bios and if they didn't play at the same level or above that we were playing at, see you later, man. I ain't listening to you. Well, that's Marty's point. That's yeah, Marty's point all the time. Well, 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 what world records do those guys have? Yeah. No, well, I, yeah you, none. You have, you have three, three classifications when you're dealing with a guru or an expert is number one, do they themselves have any athletic credentials? Right. Yeah. Number mm-hmm. two, have they coached or created anybody? And number three, do they have any academic credentials? If they have right. none of those, why are we listening to them? Right. <sighs> well, it's just like now, like I had this conversation with some of the people on staff, the, with some of the interns we have come in, like being bullied by all the information out there they can name every single instagram famous coach every online coach and they have no idea who fred hatfield is have no idea who marty gallagher no idea who you know bill Starr is and it's like you have you know who charles Pauklin is like you've never heard of these guys um yeah and it's just they're bullied by everything they can recite everything and then they you get them under a bar i mean it could be 88 pounds and they have they look like trash. I mean, they can't do it. It's just bad business. Um, and it's unfortunate. So it's an occupation, not a passion. You know, that's when PT started making inroads into strength training. That's when we started getting that. I was talking to Rob Wagner the other day about this. Dude, every strength coach was huge. I sent Marty pictures of the Virginia staff with Gamble and Dunn. <laughs> These guys are 290, 320, yeah. benching yeah. 650, you know. I mean, and, that was and, everybody looked like that. Not that big. And, and, and Gamble and Gamble was an Olympic level discus thrower. Yeah. And so when Gamble told you, hey man, you should get that 405 for a triple, you're like, yeah. 
you're right, well, Mr. Strongest Man in the World, you know? And, and Christy is, uh, she exemplifies the old school is that you had to, in addition to talk to talk, you had to walk to walk. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is unusual for her. Uh, how old are you now, Christy, 30? Up, 35. You're 35? Yeah. Wow. Man, you were just a little baby when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> We all, you know, she go, goes back to the training stuff. Now, we used to say, you know, coaching's fun and all this, but, man, 11 o'clock, we're deadlifting today, man. You know, because 11 o'clock was when it would sort of be dead around there. And we used to have deadlift Fridays oh, yeah. when, we'd all, when we'd all deadlift. Man, it was so much fun. I do. We'd all deadlift. We'd do heavy-ass bent-over rows. Chrissy would do some stupid stuff on a lap machine, twisting or something. And, uh, you know, some hammer curls with some 80s and you're out of there, man. It was just, and we did that for like a solid year and a half, two years. Um, what's, what's, Christy, what's, your, what's your core foundational principles that you're using on your, your athletes currently? I mean, right now, like we are literally hammering the basics and I mean, working the squat, uh, uh, typical session for like our, right now is we squat bench and row them and do like a lunge variation or something like that but we've got multiple multiple multi-sets do like seven sets of five you know on the they're both uh they're two main compound lifts and just at a you know a decent work will work off of their percentage of their body weight because they're not they're very new last three years of their their um training here before I got here, they were doing, you know, they weren't doing very much. Um, so they have very little experience under the bar. So we're just doing a lot of setups over and over and over again with the, your main movements. And then we're going to, we're just get them stronger. They're not, they're, well, that's, they're, that's, that's pretty damn sad <laughs> that when you arrived, they were just weak. What, what mean, had been going on? I mean, and these are high level, these are college level athletes. College, really, really good at their sport, gifted. I mean, these, skill, these kids. Skill, their skill set. Skill set. But you put them in the weight room, put them, put them under load, and it's like, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, Seven, you know, a lot of sets. And, you know, why, you know, why aren't we doing high rep sets? And, you know, why aren't we, why? Why is weight getting heavier each week? It's because you guys have, you know, you got 180 pound guys and they're, they've got 50 kilos on the bar and that's it. Oh Total. Yeah, it's like we're doing, like, we're doing this because you have, you have to graduate from kindergarten. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, have you found that just nobody has said to them, like we talked about before, Hey, you need to be doing a lot more weight. Hey, you, you need to think about the forces going. Like if you're a soccer player, just the forces of jumping, landing, heading and landing, kicking and, you know, all that's all that. And, and the, um, you know, being able to be agile and change direction and not tear your knee apart, you know. And, and do you want to receive the blow or deliver the blow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, yeah. So what, what so when you instituted this stuff, when you got there, you've been there for how long now, six months? Yeah, about yeah, about six months, I believe. That was that a big shock for? I know you were saying that working with a soccer team has become really, really great for you, but initially it took a lot of, uh, you know, they had to they had to see the results, right? They they were used to doing a lot of on field stuff where you had you know bands 
you know, like a, the, the thin band, the thin black band, the big long guys yeah. um, and doing things like that, push ups and, you know, sit ups on the field and, you know, the intensity level. That's another thing that we've got to address, that we're addressing the, the, the intensity of their efforts, you know, sometimes are just very low. They don't know. You know, that you, like, you don't know. You're going to have to fire yourself up a couple of times, to, you know, do something you've done before. Um, and so we're working with that. They, you know, I think these kids need a lot of encouragement. I think that goes across the board with all of it. Cause if they've never been pushed to do these things, like encouraging them and then letting them know, like you actually can do it. I'm not going to put anything right. on the bar that I don't Thank think you, you can do that. I don't know right. that you can't do. Yes. Yes. And you know, when they see that you have that confidence in them, it, it brings up their confidence, you know, or, or when you say, okay, we're going to do another set of that. And this time, don't stop it too. I want you to do a set of five. Oh my God. Listen, man, I know you can do this. Everybody in this room knows you can do this. You got to know you can do this. Now get under there. Let's go. You know, uh, and then they get it. And Eureka, a Eureka. whole world has opened up to them in every aspect of life. Marty, completing that big set of five that you had that little voice on your right shoulder saying you can't mm -hmm. do it. And the little voice on the left saying, get this damn thing. Mm -hmm. And he wins. It changes your life. But Jim, how sad is it? In 2021, we had that experience when we were 12 years old. Now we got collegiate level right. athletes that haven't experienced that. That's terrible. And that's why, Christy, you have come into their lives. Yeah. Yes. And, and boy, how lucky they are. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's fun to watch because you get to see them after about like four weeks and then being in the weight room and uh, you know, the, they start looking in the mirror. The uh, shirts yeah. start coming off, sleeves start yeah. coming off. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're like, yeah. grab coach, I got my protein. Uh, coach, I ate a big steak last night. I ate a big steak. I got a piece of elk. You know, I'm from Colorado. We do a lot of hunting. You know, elk sending me pictures <laughs> of food. Their food logs. It's like, yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you that's got them, right. and that's when you that's have it. them. Remember you forever, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, a football team, especially, and it's becoming like that in a lot of other sports, you're with the athletes more than the coaches are more than their own sport coaches are. Uh, I mean, I was with those football kids all the time and they're, you know, the, we have hours that we had to, you know, stay to as far as how many times that, you know, how long a team would be in the weight room, but the kids could come down anytime and box and, and do a little extra stuff. And it wasn't official wouldn't count against us. So they're in there all the time, man. And so you have a huge influence on these kids and the coach, the coach has an influence, but things you're teaching them, making them more resilient, making them, you know, have more confidence, all that stuff. It's a huge part of an athlete's life in college. I don't think, I don't know if people realize how much, how much influence you can have on a kid as a strength coach, man. Um, and especially if the respect is there and especially if they've said, man, she really knows what she's talking about because look what I did and, and I, I couldn't run this or I couldn't run that or my beep test. I, I improved five seconds on the beep test and the only thing I changed was doing power cleans. You know, that makes a huge difference in their lives. Right. Yeah. Right. That's where the motivation really starts to kick in. Like she said, you know, they're talking about eating steak and doing all this other stuff because they're just so fired up now because they're, they're seeing that this stuff works. Yeah. They're doing the stuff outside of the four walls of the weight room and you got them. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Christy. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Christy, has your uh, training philosophy evolved much um, from the time you were working with steel to today? Or is it basically the same? I, I think probably with some variation, but I think I had being around steel for so long. It's like simple, the fundamentals work. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know how you can get away from those things. So I, I've right. always written my programs with that at the forefront. And then, you know, to get some of the, you know, sometimes I'll throw in stuff for the, you know, kids because they, you know, they see some things. Now, does it have value? Like it may, it may not. I have no idea, but I know what is tried and true and what needs to stay the entire time. And so we'll keep that and there'll be variation with some of these, the ancillary movements and things like that, just to keep, you know, some variation for the guys to keep them, you know, excited about coming in if they don't get too excited about getting stronger each week. Right. It's sort of like I did with kickboxing, like with fencing or something. So I didn't emphasize weights when those kids first walked in. We would kickbox more than we would do weights. And then slowly I would switch it around because, oh, man, we're going to hit those big bags tonight, you know, and then get them wanting to come in. And then, OK, this is going to really help you, you know, a little bit of weights, a little more weights. And then, okay, now we're going to finish with the kickbox. You, you catch them. You get them into something that's super enjoyable for them, you know. By and, just throw them a little, throw them a little, what, uh, you know, a little bit, little bit of fun stuff in there once in a while. But still works, just may not be as, as great as a squat or a deadlift, you know. I mean, it's just like when they, when, when the kids come in, they go home for some of their personal trainer. Probably nine to eight times out of 10, they're not going to be squatting. They're not going to be deadlift, not going to be pressing or anything like that. They're going to be doing a bunch of jumping around and all that. So I have no other choice but to give them what they need. I need to fill that bucket and I don't need to do a bunch of variation with the jumping around. They're practicing year round. It never stops. You take a basketball kid, they never, they're always playing pickup. They're always playing ball and never stops. We don't need much jumping in it. So they just need to get stronger within the weight room. Yeah, but it's a, it's tough, isn't it? It's counter to their their culture and their there's still that residual thing of that too much weight training is gonna slow an athlete down and you know, why do they need big arms if they're playing basketball and that kind of that kind of thinking. Yeah, do you get much of that? I mean, do you get much pushback from these kids, especially from the females? Like, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to do this and that. Um, no. No, I think like today, like today, we had some of the the our uh, volleyball team. And they're like, we need bigger legs. We need bigger legs, and we have well, to. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we, I'm like, let's go. Let's fire up. Let's go. We, we know like, how to do that. Leg press and bench press. Let's go. Back and forth. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the guys are easy. You throw in some curls at the end of the workout, some high rep stuff, get a little oh, blood yeah. there. They leave. They feel good. Coach, can we do some arms? Can we do some arm farm today? Can we do arm farm? Of course. Let's go. You know? That's what is that? What is that? Oh, tries and tries. <laughs> See you later. Tries and tries. That's a 15, you know? <laughs> You know, I, I thought it wasn't so much the athletes when we were at Penn because, you know, I had two girls that were super muscular and super strong. It was more of the female coaches that were like, well, you, and we actually had a coach say, well, you're not going to look like Christy and Tracy. Don't, don't worry about it. You're not going to look like them. How insulting, right? Because, and what they should, what I should have said was, no, you'll never look like that because you won't work hard enough to look like that. But, uh, 
you know, that that's what it was the, like the coaches who came from a time when nobody lifted. It was easy with the easier with the athletes. Now, I had to sit down yeah, sometimes. But, yeah, but, and Jim and Jim Christie could have reached across and grabbed that woman and torn her to shreds. Yeah, she just didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like you you have no you have no inkling if on an athletic field, right. please. Who do you want out there with you? Right. Right. Totally right. Yeah. And yet, on the other hand, they throw these aspersions around like, oh, I don't want my ass. And it's like, well, that's why your athletes get the hell beat out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it was a constant battle with how we looked versus yes. how performance. You know, remember Rick Selke performance. talking about, that, about our, our intelligence and stuff like that? You know, and I remember one coach going, no, if you talk to Jim, he's really smart. I was like, it's so insulting. The whole thing is, so yeah. I was like, don't try to help me, man. Don't try to help he's me. I got it. He's yeah. surprisingly smart. Yeah. Big dumb oaf is pretty yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be talked about quite a bit. I don't hear that so much anymore. Yeah. I don't know if you guys do or nothing. Well, I was surprised yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, um, you know, the field that you're in is, is, primarily male dominated i mean what what additional obstacles and hurdles have you had to go through do you think as a woman as a female strength coach coming up i mean you look i mean you've uh, been assistant strength coach in the uh, in the xfl for uh, new york guardians you've worked with the tennessee titans i mean you've come a long way did you what kind of extra resistance do you, did you have coming up do you think that's kind of changing and you're part of helping this evolve for women so that more women can get further in this field too. So what do you think? I'll think about it. It never crossed my mind that I'm in a, uh, unless somebody points it out, but I've never, I hadn't had any resistance mm -hmm. that I know of because yeah. I'm a woman at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, okay. you know, I, it's never been a thing. It's never been brought up to me. Like any of the people that I've worked with, like I worked with Steele for nine years, worked with uh, Roger Marandino for a long while or when in the XFL um, mm. and then the NFL work with Frank. And it's never been, you know, you're, you're going to be a, you're a woman in the, you know, in a football locker room or uh, like, I, I realize this, like it, it's never been that. It's yeah. never been that. So I don't even think about it. I it never crosses my mind. I'm going to work. I'm well, going to do a damn good job and that's and, it. And I and I think that's because of your background and your passion for all this and your ability to go out there and hoist these big weights yourself. And uh and you've been a, a powerlifting competitor as well. And I mean, so I think I think your background and everything speaks for itself. So I would imagine, yeah, if you did have any additional resistance uh it would be very minimal just because of who you are and what you've done and, and what you're capable of so yeah um what um i mean you know i hired christy because she was the most qualified <laughs> you know? yeah um and i just never i was fortunate i grew up my father you know he played mixed doubles all the time all the the professors of, of the kinesiology department in maryland were you know, the female ones were always over our houses. I didn't know you were supposed to treat. I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, she's a girl. She can't do it. I'm like, what? What? That's not the mm -hmm. way I grew up. And so it would never really enter my mind. And I, I think that's some weak stuff that 
not that you're bringing it up as weak, but when people say, well, you know, let's hire her because she's, you know, she can relate to the female athletes. Hell, I can relate to the female athletes because I played and, and yeah. played, you know, that's what they look at. Did you play? You know what I feel like after doing five practices a day and you're asking me to squat, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Walk the walk, talk the talk. Yeah, that's right. Both, 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 both. Not either or. Right, right, yeah. And, and you know, uh, I'm sure Chrissy and I talk all the time, but she was saying the other day how people just coming into the field try to make stuff so complicated, you know, like so, like yeah. even the simplest stuff, you know, they, they make like, well, what if they, what if this happens or what if that happens and what if they don't get that rep or hey man, we're gonna let the athletes be athletes, go ahead and train and let them learn a little on their own. Let them, you know, you don't have to re rewrite this whole thing. It's already, we already have all the, the tenets, you know, the basic tenets. Again, again Jim, to, to, to revisit it, that's how they differentiate themselves one from the other. Right. My program mm -hmm. is so super sophisticated, so revolutionary, so past anything that's been done to this point. And it has to be complex. No one sells plain vanilla except us. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough sell. That's a tough sell, man. Plain vanilla, man. That's what we sell. Plain vanilla yeah. and, and you're going to be a little lightheaded. That's, that's, and, that's hard to sell. And guys, don't you think they, they're doing that in part too because they want to make it so difficult that you actually, it's so confusing and all that and so yeah, difficult that, only that they you have to rely it. on the coach. Yeah, yeah or they need, only, need, only they can do it. That's right. Yeah. You need them. You need them to interpret the results. Uh, yeah. Right. right. In my mind, it goes, it's, it's for them. It's not for the athlete. It's not for the person you're coaching. It's for you. It's for your ego that you've got all these gimmicks stuff involved in your pro when they probably, the athlete probably doesn't even need it. And, and they never produce any, you know, any dramatically transformed students, you know, it's all in the future. Because it's safe. Everything is safe, Marty. Everything's yeah. so safe. Like you're not going to get hurt, but you're not going to get any better. Everybody knows. And, and even if you don't say it to your athletes, there's a lot of risk in you putting on that 405 and doing it for a big set of five. There's risk, but the benefits, you know, outweigh the risk. And the way I've taught you has minimized the risk. Yes. You know? Also, it takes a brave strength coach to say, I really, I only want to see it twice a week for 45 minutes and yeah. the rest of the time go away. <laughs> and that's all you need and that's yeah, all you need. Yeah. and they're like well, what are you going to do in between well we're going to sit over here in this strata lounger and yeah wait for you to come back in four days it, it, you know it, i think a lot of people though just still can't comprehend the small amount of uh work like like we talk about chalet mark chalet all the time and Marty always says you couldn't have done any less nope. because, you know, he built up to, to one all out set a, a week on, uh, you know, the three lifts. And it's like, well, of one of one, one set of one, one of one rep, <laughs> I, what you can't do any less. And this man was a world champion and, uh, you know, power lifter and broke all dead kinds of world records. Deadlifted 880, win 270. So I think we get inundated with, uh, you know, all this, you know, these, th this overload of information and nobody knows what the hell to do anymore. All, so it all takes, we need is, all we need is leg press and bench press. I'm telling you. 
<laughs> and a couple of pukes here and there, and we're good. We're go- yes, we're going back to 19. What and we're 86. fired up. <laughs> Christy, what are your what are some of your best lifts? Even even like yeah. uh, I remember your dumbbell bench was like wacko. It was like one tens or something. What 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 are some of your your best your 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 meat lifts, and then some of your gym lifts? Um, meat lifts. I think five oh seven in the deadlift, two fifty three in the bench, and um, the squat. 79 in the gym what body weight what body weight what body weight um i did 507 at in the 198 class and then i did it again when i was at 181 um in the gym i did i was probably around one 181 at um i did 515 um, 115 on the dumbbell benches on the dumbbell bench for two i did 270 on the the flat bench squat um i think it was probably somewhere around 70 um 379 what? competition oh, oh 379 you said in competition yeah okay all right you yeah you broke up a little bit there so all right man powerhouse i used to sure. i put her on this one cycle of pause squats man and that was a brutal cycle you remember that i think that was, like 335 for a double on the pause squats or something no we did 330 for five Oh, <laughs> 3.30 for five. And I remember each rep, Marty, looked like her last. It was like that, what was that one me when Kirk was wearing that Mickey Mouse shirt and the 800, it would look, it was all he had left in the world. And every rep looked like that with uh, with Christie's pause cards. But you know yeah. what? That helped you, man. Right. That helped That's you a lot. Right. That helped you a lot. That was a fun cycle. That was a fun cycle. It was three days and it was on a, there was a constant day. And there was a day at 80% or something. And then there was a day that we, cl- I forget, I had it written down somewhere, but that was great. That was fun. Yeah. So did you compete when you were working with steel? Yeah. I, I like my first competition ever was right before I got to uh, um, UPenn with steel. I did mm-hmm. 400 in the, I think I did 429 in the deadlift and like a deadlift bench competition or something. And then we got to him probably a couple of years and I did my first USAPL competition. Yeah. So I would imagine he was nudging you to compete. Is that right? Or was it, was it your idea? Uh, so I, was, I wasn't always like geared up to like compete. I enjoyed the training. So it was like, oh, you should jump in a competition. And then it was, it was a joke. Don't tell Christy she's competing this week. <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it until like a couple weeks out. I say, hey, man, there's a meeting king of pressure. Go ahead and do that. Okay, but if you told her too soon, she didn't want to do it. But Jim, that's like the Jim steel bodybuilding approach. No question. question. Yeah. She's just my she's my little sister, man. We think the same about all this stuff. (laughs) Everything I'll say about the same stuff. I'll say I'll say flat out that if she had dedicated two years to power training, she would have been the world champion. Yeah, I without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at 181 pounds, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I think at the time you pulled the 515 in training. I think the record was 523. Yeah, so <clears throat> she's had an international level deadlift already, and no doubt in my mind that given training, she would have eventually been able to pull six. And didn't you do 500 for three? Or well, I, I remember pushing. I did it for a double. I did 500 yeah, for two. Yeah. Yep. That was so. And was and that conventional? Also, yeah. 
always conventional. Also, hundred yeah. percent lifetime drug free, right? Okay. Yeah. And okay. Well, that's that's important. Everybody, when they hear those like lists, they think, <laughs> "Oh, she's jacked up," and it's not. It's not. She's not. Oh, and yeah. that's that's the the to me the best part about her because uh, I'll tell you what, if, uh, if you'd have met me a few years earlier, we would have. But then again, you know, the problem would have been you don't like to buy. That would have been tough, right? Because because you would you wouldn't have been able to go to Europe stuff like that, right? I mean, well, I, I guess you could. You like, would have been necessitized. Like yeah, I would just be hopped up on the value, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we have stretchers waiting. No. <laughs> Christy, take her to the hotel. Well, there's a lot of stories. I think I can tell this one. Uh, oh, we were gone. Christy had a friend come up from North Carolina and uh, I was done with all my teams for the day and so was Christy so it was like 12 o'clock so I was like alright well let's go out to lunch well we got to the lunch and this really went to the right through the bar you know so we were probably at the bar for two three hours you know Oh, nice. And, uh, Christy said that the girl when we were the, she was walking back and I guess I left and she said isn't that your boss <laughs> <laughs> and Chrissy's like, yeah, that's my boss. And and she Chrissy said, yeah, we do that all the time, man. She was like, that's lunch. That's lunch. And I was like, yeah, man, you should see dinner. <laughs> the Christmas parties were outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah, Christmas but we would get in. You know, we would. You know, you're, you're together a lot, and we would get done with work, and. uh We'd go up in my office and all the kids were gone and it would be late, man. And I'd have, you know, I'd have a 12 pack in my fridge and Christy would have her vodka, <laughs> her vodka in the freezer. And we'd sit there, go over today, talk about our workouts and stuff, man. I cherish those yeah. moments. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we got, hey, Marty, J, uh, JP, we got Chuck involved. He couldn't handle yeah. that. Man. Chuck was like, oh, you guys do this all the time, man. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Drink up, wussy, you know. Oh, that Chuck is a, he is, he, he is an amateur drinker. He is not a good drinker. Marty, so check this out. It was like, it was like October. I think me and Steele were sitting in the office. We had, it was late. We'd sit there drinking. And the next day we come in, he hung over his shit. I think he put me in like, he was like, you feeling all right? No, I'm not feeling all right. So we did. I was doing a squat workout. And then he's like, all right, we're going to do some drop sets after your set. And we went, I mean, it was drop set after drop set after drop oh, set. And then no. during that time, and then he's like, feel better. I'm like, yeah, I feel a little bit better. Got that out of me. And then I think his uh, bodybuilding competition that same day, he was like, I'm done. And then cut it off, what, eight weeks. And he's just on the bike, fucking eating his fish and uh, broccoli, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was oh, it. God. Yeah, we were sitting there one night and I said, I think I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. And you're like, what? And I was like, yeah, oh, hand me another Budweiser and I'll tell you about it. And that was, <laughs> yeah. that was like October 5th. And uh, I had, I did the show like December 7th or something like that. Yeah. In fact, Christy was so hungover the next day, she slept in the storage room for a little while. <laughs> There's always something going on, man. Wow. No wonder Chuck couldn't hang. Poor Chuck. You guys ruined him. <laughs> He said, he, "Yeah, he's no, nah, he's impervious. He, he, he there's not nothing penetrates that skull." Yeah, and if Chrissy didn't want to drink, she would walk by the office real fast and leave. If she, see see No, where are you going? <laughs> wait, wait, come back. 
Yeah. Jim, Jim, isn't there a, a, a story with Chuck over there about keys? You forgot your keys or something? Uh, oh, he he had to take football early in the morning. I think I had to take my son to the doctor. He could he could see the workout on my desk, but he forgot his <laughs> keys to get in my office. So he went and got a piece of paper and was copying it through the window or whatever. And I had down and backwards. Yeah, and we had a key hidden. We just never told him about it. But uh, yeah, he was panicking. He was like, I can see the workout. I can <laughs> see it. There it is. 75%. It's down yeah. yonder. I'm copying it. So yeah. instead of instead of uh, five times 10, he read it upside down backwards and made him do 10 times five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got the volume in. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, yeah, man, that was time. a lot of fun. And lifting, lifting just seemed like everybody was always getting ready for something. And you know how that that takes on a whole different meaning to everybody's training, gives a whole different meaning to everybody's training. Because even if just one of y'all are doing it, you know how important each workout is. You know, like Christy has to get 475 for five today, you know. So that energy is just pushing her and pushing her. And we got other people that have competed a bunch and other people that know what it takes and how serious you have to be. It really helps you in training, man. You know, it's like that story in Chalet's gym, which I love. There's a platform of five, set, you know, five platformers with 700-pound deadlifters, five with 600. Then we got two with yep. 800 and up deadlifters. You know, if you if if you can't get strong and, and fired up in that atmosphere, then you're, you're in the wrong, you know, sport, man. Because, um, you know, that, that contributed to all of us doing well in all of our competitions. Well, most, you know, serious athletes up their game when they're when they're lifting in front of people whose uh, you know, respect they they want yeah right and if you have, yeah if you have Karwaski and gallagher sitting in front of you you know it's like you know and we're and we're gonna we're we are gonna point out technical flaws right oh that's yeah what we do that's what we do yeah so you know it takes takes their game to a whole other level so every week every week every week they're everybody's jacked up you don't get that if you train alone right yeah and even if one of us wasn't training let's say i had a meeting at you know eleven forty-five, and christy was dead at 11 so i was going to deadlift later or whatever we'd all go down there you know yeah. everybody's down there you know yeah, oh christy's right. deadlift oh christy's squatting it's important yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the intensity, you know, it, it, I don't even know how. How do you get somebody to? And we talk about this all the time that people don't understand the intensity and just. I know a lot of people just have it naturally, but uh, that it's a it's a, you can cut it, with a in the air, man. It, it's it's right. it's like. Describe it to me. I don't know, Marty. How, what is that the description when everybody? It's tangible. Yeah. yeah, but again, it has to be that everyone's like-minded. It's a collective energy when a bunch of alpha males are training and everybody's, you know, hitting on all eight cylinders. We yeah. go through entire sessions where we have 15 lifters through, and after two hours, no one misses a single rep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everybody has a pre-planned number going into the training session. Everybody gets jacked up. Everybody makes their numbers and we move on to the next week. Right. And that's the secret. Yeah. It's this collective energy. You step to the platform, you might have 
10 people looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be the only guy to miss a rep. Right? Uh, or, or to perform a horrible technique yeah. where you actually get told to stop mid rep because you're doing it so badly. Yeah. That we don't want you to get injured. Right. Take it, rack it. You're done. Step off. We did. Uh, they don't get talked to like that a lot anymore either. Everybody's texting. Everybody's everybody's in their own individual little world. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. the star of their own reality TV show. Well, and you you know you guys have very precise rules over there. I mean, you you lock the doors at a certain time, right? And if somebody has yeah, driven right. an hour and shows up late, you don't let them in. They're out. Well, it depends who they are. Like <laughs> <laughs> Marty. <laughs> depends on whether they got a few bucks in their wallet yeah, to yeah, slip through true. the door. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's a different, I imagine it's a completely different atmosphere when you're dealing with how many hundreds of athletes and how many different sports. I mean, mm. that's that's mind-blowing. How, how many different cultures, because... Volleyball players are different than soccer players or different than rugby yes. players or different than field hockey players or different than football players. And everybody has their own collective tribal vibe amongst yeah. these sports. And you have to cater to their individual whims. You don't train soccer players the same as you train offensive linemen, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I don't know. Jimmy, how many did you have? You had like 36 different sports. We had 30, 33 sports. 33 sports. God yeah. mighty. I, don't, I, I couldn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, everybody helped with football, but the other sports, because there were so many of them, so many kids, 120. But on the other sports, like Christy had baseball. That was her sport. She had 40 kids, at least. 40 baseball players. She had to program them, take them through the workout, make sure they're getting the reps, make sure they're doing everything. I encourage my staff, you know, you have to have a, an introduction each day. You have to have a closure after every workout. You have to talk to the kids. I mean, um, you know, it's, there's no and other. And that's baseball. Then you move on to something else. Oh yeah. And then, and Christy has a five minute break to, to get a protein shake. And then she's got women's soccer coming in. And yeah. another. Didn't you guys take the fencers and, and put them on a weightlifting program? Like, like every nothing they'd ever team. seen before. Yes. Every single team trained. Yeah. Uh, some, some would train more than others as far as days of the week. Mm -hmm. um, some had shorter, you know, football was in there for an hour, but that was with everything. I mean, one interesting thing we did, and I was thinking about this last night, was I put Christy in, uh, in charge of a couple things. Uh, she was our, our shoulder person. I have no interest in the whole rotator cuff, rehab, prehab, all that stuff. But you, you have kids that have those issues. So I know my weaknesses. So I appointed specialists. I had Steven doing the sprint workouts. I had Christy, the shoulder expert. You know, Tracy was low back or whatever. And, and she also did some interesting stuff with relaxation after their workouts. Hmm. So I always encourage my staff, hey, put yourself out there. Learn some stuff. Bring me some stuff, man what people are doing, not so much weight room wise, but recovery wise. And she what would have interesting guys things that she do. What interesting things was Go she ahead, doing Chris. with relaxation? Uh, we would just do a lot of deep breathing, box breathing, get up on the wall instead of, I found it to be um, not so advantageous to sit here and do a bunch of static stretching uh, post lift and things like that. So we would just do deep breathing. Um, right. Sometimes cut all the light 
out and while you're breathing, let's visualize, um, let's count, exhale long, inhale for four, exhale for eight, and think different uh, positions. If we did a bunch of extension-based stuff, we'd get in a, a position that was, you know, more flexion-based and then breathe through that, through that for about, you know, two to five minutes. Oh, yeah. Some of the kids would, you know, some of these would pass out, go out on the field. I'm giving you guys permission to rest because guys are go, 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 go. Especially kids at the Ivy League level, they're so cerebral. You know, they got pressure from the parents, pressure from, you know, the school. They're in Wharton business and they're just go, 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 go. Well, we got 10 minutes post-practice, lay down and go to sleep or lay yeah. down and rest. Think yes. about some things. Stop thinking. Lay down and stop thinking. And it gives them permission to do it because... Those kids, like Christy was saying, I mean, I would say there's no talk of Wall Street today. We are squatting. I mean, it was, it's a whole uh-huh. different animal, man. It's a whole different animal in the Ivy League. And, and that was so important to get the permission, somebody to give you permission. Hey, man, you got nothing right now. I'm giving you 10 minutes, you know. And I'd walk back there and the women's soccer would just be laid out, you know. But it really did help them. And they love that stuff, man. We used to do the uh, progressive relaxation. I'd shut all the lights off. And we do it. I did it with volleyball before their games, and Christy would do it with me. Um, where, where you just talk about, hey, we're going to start with your toes, relaxing your toes, relaxing, yeah. you know, flexing and relaxing. And, and there would be some girls would be asleep. There were some girls that were just, you know, totally relaxed. Um, and all that stuff, you know, you, you talk about, you know, a big, a big pie, and all that stuff is a piece of the pie to make make a successful athlete and to reduce injuries. Yeah. All that stuff reduces injuries by getting somebody to relieve that stress just for a little bit of time to get somebody to say, okay, I'm, I'm taking this out of my mind right now. And I'm just coach Christie's talking. That's I'm just focusing on what she's saying right now makes a difference in their recovery. Um, and the deep breathing I thought was, was super, man. I wish we had done that years before, but she, about the last two, two, three years, she did that with the team. That was great. These are forms of meditation. Yeah, and and you go from that hyper uh, adrenalized mode of that big set of five to okay, now we're gonna throw all that out. Now we're just gonna let it all go until now. well. Actually, actually, we're not gonna throw it out. We're gonna we're gonna lasso it and harness it. That yeah. post workout bliss state right, that right. you segue right into with sort of the Zen practice that Christy described to me. That's Shikantaza. That's Zen breath counting. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good, right, Marty? So good. Yeah. Oh man, it's perfect. It's perfect if you can get them to do it and, and yeah. sit still with it and, and get into it. And they're like, they they put them in an altered state. That's yes. the best they're going to feel all day. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is we we had nobody fooling around. <laughs> I mean, everybody was like, when Coach Christie said, "Okay, all you guys do this," it was, "We're going to do this," and that was part of the respect factor they had. Um. You know, Justin Watson at Tampa Bay said, hey, man, I've been in a lot of places and and I can't believe how ahead of the curve you guys were with all the right. stuff that you were doing. But, you know, right. we, we would do that. So Christy would learn that stuff and then she would do it on herself. And I would never yeah. program yes, of course. a, a yes. workout if I had never done that myself. Yes. And I'm not yes. going to ask you. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to do this. You know, we tried out the, everything. And if we got a deal, new, yeah. you're in the deal. You want to you, you want to improve yourself. Right. Right. So if you come across a really great idea, I'm not, no, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to use it myself to see if it works. Because if it does, that's, I'm, you know, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what Jim, did want. you say, 
did, did you say that uh, you were taking you guys were taking the kids through visualization techniques and teaching them that and all that? Because I, I know you learned that from a very early age from your, your own yeah. father. Yeah. So we so what I would do a lot of is the progressive relaxation where you tense and relax your whole body. And then I would talk to them about picturing yourself on the podium or picture yourself in the game. Let's say it's volleyball. You're making a big mm. spike. You're digging, you're diving and digging and no mistakes ever. You feel light on your feet. You feel like you can explode. I mean, we, I went as far as picture, you know, it was a script that uh, Tracy got from, from temple. It was picture yourself on the winner's podium, picture your parents in the stands, you know, picture that feeling and embrace that feeling, feel it through your bones, feel it in your soul. You know, you're going to have that feeling. How about the actual lift, like right before they would get under the bar, you would have them visualize that. Were you doing that? Well, too? it would be that would be more of a snap thing where I would mm -hmm. pull somebody aside and I'd say, right now, I want you to start thinking about that top set. If it was a, a kid with a really big set, like let's say mm -hmm. a kid had never benched 315 before, you know, after his last bench workout, one of us would pull him aside and say, when you start thinking about this, you understand, I want you to think about everything, how the knurling on the bar feels, you know, taking your, taking your drink before you lay down, you know, that's specific. Right. And then they would come in before that big lift. Uh, they would do their warmups. And then before they would do the 315, I would say, let's see it right now. Let's play the movie right now. Play yeah. it. You see it. You see yourself doing that. Now, when you're going to get in a blind rage, because your form is great. So you can do, you can be as excited as you can. This is the time where you can be so excited right now, where you can think about nothing else, but how it's going to feel when you get that 315. Are you ready for this? Because everybody in the room is watching you right now. Oh, I'm getting jacked up. I'm, I'm ready, right ready to go. <laughs> and, and what about psych in, in college sports like this? I mean, uh, were, do you have any extreme examples of psych? Were may, any of these may, kids? May, may, may I say something? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, elementary version of this is when I was a 11 year old 12 year old kid with a 110 pound barbell set and I would walk to it and go the world's strongest man is about to attempt a world record yeah. in the clean and press That's if he tough. makes this if he makes this lift he'll defeat the Russian super heavyweight. And I'm like pretending I'm Kurt Gowdy on ABC Wild World of Sports. Yes. And I would say even right now, as I'm saying, it's like, yes. I'm getting jacked up. Yes. The, yeah. I am the world's strongest man. I For America, I'm stepping forward to make this. And it, it'll be like, you know, like last week I did whatever, 95 for three. And now I've got 100. It's going to be the first time I do 100, right? Yeah. You get, yeah. And, and, and that, it sounds laughable, right? When you and we laugh about it, but you know what? It probably added what twenty percent to my performance. Oh, of course, man. Well, I mean that's kind of a lost lesson. What we do nowadays isn't that sort of a a sophisticated version of kind of putting yourself into that altered headspace right. somehow, some way. That's so, psych. Christy, did you what? What were you like? If you had a big, let's say you got. I'm saying okay, I walk in and I'm like. You ready for that 500 for two today? What, how would you get fired up? Or because I don't remember you ever outwardly getting fired up. No, it was I, I never thought that I, if you told me to do something, it was like, all right, I can do this. And right. so it was just a matter of like the three seconds, three, four seconds pre lift, just going to a dark place. Like there's no other way to get around it. And then I didn't allow myself, you know, sometimes 
regarding around like diet, I would have negative thoughts. I tell myself, you don't need that damn cookie. What the fuck are you know? What the hell are you doing? Like, don't eat the cookie. You're you know, you're right. not what you want to be. That type of deal. I allow myself to have any like negative thoughts towards lifting. So right. same thing I tell my athletes, like I they get on, you know, they start to get a little bit like nervous. You can see it in their, their body language. And it's like, Hey, get off the platform, get off the platform. You're not allowed to have any negative activity or thoughts while you're on this platform. So if you don't think you're going to get it, you're not ready yet. So you need to step off the platform and get your mind right. And then come back and get it because you can do it. And then go from there. I don't allow to have that negative thought or I do, if I do, I just compartmentalize it, throw it in the back of my head and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. A, bit, a big thing is uh, a ritual. Like, it used to drive me crazy. Like, somebody would do a set of bench press and just sit on the bench. No. Get away from the bench. Go over there to the chalk bowl. Every time you're going to bench, you're going to, right before you get ready, you're going to go to the chalk bowl. You're going to put a little chalk on your hands. You know, you're going to tighten your wrist wraps or whatever. Have a, have a ritual. And that, by going into that ritual, that prepares your mind for, okay, what I'm getting ready to do. But, if they, you know, it's just like shooting a free throw. You don't just go up there. Everybody's got a ritual, right? They bounce the ball twice or whatever. The, the ritual, the pre-lift ritual is so important to keep you, you know, okay, now I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Now I know, now I'm ready for this lift. It, 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 you know, get away from the bench. Get your ass off the bench, you know? I would say go get a drink, and then we're going to the chalk bowl. You know, get that ritual going. Don't you think I always – I always remember what Marty tells us about, you know, how Kirk used to get psyched uh, at a meet, you know, backstage and he's getting ready and he's got his music on and he's pacing back and forth. And Marty said that one time he was just so fired up. Marty, I don't know if this was for the thousand and three squat, but tears just started rolling out of his eyes. Right. He had this such intense internal psych. It was like, you know, 10 steps, 10 steps each direction. Yeah. Yes. Very calculated, ten steps, right? Ten steps. Yes. Play the same song over and over. On yeah. This, uh, what was it, Jim? This Walkman. Sportsman. Sports. Yeah, Walkman. Yeah. Yellow. It was a yellow. The yellow uh, uh, waterproof yeah. one. And he'd yeah. throw it. <laughs> he'd, he'd throw it. <laughs> yeah. No, when he, when he was done, when he was done, he would fling that thing into his gym bag. Yeah. Uh, with great expertise and Kirk's left-handed so he'd fling it with his left hand and I would it would be my job well first off we'd always have an entourage with Kirk so we have guys that would literally have to keep well-wishers away right because they mm -hmm. want to come up and shake hands with them or get a picture and it's like uh not now yeah. he's getting ready for a national record a world record you know and just so we'd have to keep people away from him but he had talk about ritualistic and i would just put my hands up and i put you know five fingers up which meant he was five lifters out then four fingers up and when we get to three that's when the walkman comes off we walk to the platform no one talks to him he chalks his hands Right. Uh, Bob, if Bob's, if it squats, Bob's wrapping them up, you know, whatever, but Bob's pulling them in the belt. I'm there with the snapper and it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Right. And you get better with more practice. Right. I, th I think the funny so much out of his sight. I mean, he, yes. Oh yeah. He was well, just like Marty, him and John Cox. <clears throat> 
I think the funniest story you told about Kirk is when uh, you guys went to the gym. I think it was squat day, of course, and uh, nobody could find Kirk. And all of a sudden, mm. somebody looked in this dark room and like way over on the other side of the room in the corner, sitting in a chair. It's dark in there. Kirk is there petting like a hundred pound plate in his lap and talking to it, <laughs> talking about how he's going to kill it. <laughs> no, he didn't talk about how he's going to kill it. He was just sitting there stroking it, stroking it. And he was talking to music. Twice. And uh, no, it wasn't, there wasn't violence in it. And um, <laughs> you know, one of the, one, one of the guys there says, you got to go talk to him. He's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> No, he he's Kurt. Alone and, he, and he killed the weight. Whatever the weight was that yeah. day, he crushed it. You know, it's like, well, yeah. let, leave him alone. It's working. Whatever's, I don't care. Right? I, you know, as yeah. long as he's not strangling, you know, a pedestrian or something, it's, it's fine. Let him sure. do his, whatever crazy shit works. And it didn't become a habit. I mean, he stroked the 100 that time. I don't know if it. Well, when you watch him Went go out to 1,003, he's, he's talking to the weights at 1,003, and afterwards he goes and pats the weights. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny. Whatever, whatever you have to do, man. I mean, you know, just because, you know, Christy was internal, Kirk was both, uh, I would Actually yell. he was internal. He was internal. I would yell. Yeah. I would say, when I deadlifted, I would say, rip it, rip it. And I, I was yeah. thinking about ripping my biceps off my body, ripping all my tendons. <laughs> Just ripping the whole fucking thing, freaking thing. Oh, I don't God. care. And I would, Christy, wouldn't I yell, rip it, rip it? <laughs> and whatever else oh, you were God. mad at for the day. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Sometimes I would, yeah, I would take it out on those weights, man. And I'd get into like, sometimes I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do 515 for 15 today on a deadlift because some supervisor told me that I'm whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. And I would say, I would say their name. I would say their name like at the top of each rep. There at you the go. Top, at the top you of your lungs. <laughs> uh, authority made the uh, made the mistake of encroaching in the Jim Steele's life. Yeah, you can't again. do this. We'll never took it out on the weight. Yep, and then hopefully, I would get to like twelve. Hopefully they had say, a hopefully they had a short last name. And I would say, you'd stop now. <laughs> I won't. You'd stop now, wouldn't you? You'd stop now. I got three more. And Chris, where's your house key? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Oh God! And then afterwards, Chrissy would go, "Uh oh," because I would just say whatever I wanted to everybody because those hormones and the, you know, all that stuff is coursing through you. And I'd be like, "That squat sucks. That deadlift sucks. That." <laughs> Christy, you must have. It, it must be such a joy to go. You know, have this backstage pass this many years, just watching this crazy stuff go down with Steele and all these other guys, right? Oh, amazing. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, boy, what what other questions did you guys have? I mean, we covered a lot. How'd you meet Marty at the seminar? How'd you meet Marty? Oh, yeah. I met Marty. It wasn't. Oh, I, I just. I think it was had to be through you. I think I came. I think we did something at ten. You know, you went and saw uh, the kettlebell uh, guy, our buddy. Um, you and Chuck Scarito? did a seminar at the kettlebell guy's place. Oh. Phil Scarito. Oh, Face to face. The second time was when we did the meet. When yeah. you were at the meet in Maryland, correct? Yeah, it was yeah. at yeah, 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 We yeah. met Chuck. We went to Marty's hotel room. 
with Chuck. Oh, yeah. And I said, Chuck, is that really how you talk? (laughs) 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 And he was like, well, Jim, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I've never heard. (laughs) (laughs) I got a kick out of that. When I first met them both in, in real life, Chuck's driving us around in his mom's Honda or something. And, uh, He's going, well, yeah, you know, I'm Marty's lawyer. <laughs> I said, what? Because <laughs> we had so, you know, we were we were putting a, an agreement together and all this, and, and and Chuck's like, well, yeah, I think it looks fine. Yeah. Don't you think? Are you saying because he has an accent, he's not uh, smart enough to be a lawyer? No, but he didn't, okay. you know, I don't even know if he read it or not. Yeah. Well, he just took a shot. <laughs> it yeah. was fun. Yeah, it was funny. But uh, Chuck is a lawyer like Jack Nicholson was a lawyer and easy rider. <laughs> You'll have to go watch that movie to see what I'm talking about. You know, Christy good. left me. Remember when you left me, Christy? You left me for like eight like months, months. And, took it and went to James Madison as an assistant. And she would call me, I want to come back. And so I got her back. I busted my ass to get her back. And uh, I had a job open up and she came back and then she stayed and didn't want to leave until, you know, I left. And then uh, she left so- shortly thereafter. But I was like, what? You ch- I told you not to leave. A guy called her. I said, listen, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to take this job. We got a good thing going here. I'm going to get you more money. Da, 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 da. She felt like she needed to, you know, get some more uh, places on her resume. And, and uh, I think she went somewhere. And they were like, oh, just turn up the music and yell a lot. I don't think that yeah. was her. That wasn't exactly how you thought about coaching, was it? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Turn up the music and yell a lot. That's great. That is great. Marty, that you wouldn't believe great. some of the stories, Marty. You wouldn't believe it, man. It's You'd just be a poem. I probably would. I tell you, man, it's um it's uh I don't know. At this point in, in the year 2021, there's just such a it's a so much of a barrage, a cascade of information. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's just too much. It's like trying to drink from a fire hose for these these young, intelligent athletes coming up, and it's so difficult for them to figure out what methods actually get the results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Christy, where do you go from here? What's your what's your ultimate ambition in this industry? Coach, keep coaching. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I started, it was like, I wanted to be a director um, mm. at a university. I'm here. And uh, so I'm enjoying that, enjoying the challenges that that brings with like managing a staff and like deal with the people. The coaching part is what I love and what I enjoy. So to continue doing that is what the plan is. Yeah. What was the difference, just real quick, between playing, uh, the NFL guys and college athletes that you noticed? As, as far as the, I mean, the guys in the NFL, they're complete. I mean, they're animals. They're freaks. They're they're they are. It's wild. But as far as like the the program, and I guess it depends on the organization. But it's just so you don't have a lot of time with those at all. I mean, it's in season. Do your big bang for your buck exercises. You work up to a heavy set of five, you know, a, a quote unquote heavy set of five, which is probably for some of them, especially the bigger guys, is more of a 
separate set of five because right. they can throw around some freaky stuff and uh and then see you later they're yeah. in twice two two times or something like that it's it's very much about managing those guys um and trying to you know at least maintain just at minimum maintain those guys and the developmental um, stuff is more in college that you're getting yeah, yeah. There's no development whatsoever i mean there's no time they go home the longest time you you have the 17 18 20 weeks during the end season with it's them about NFL. They, yeah with the nfl and yeah. then that's it. And then they go home. They, you know, they either train or they don't train with their, you know, their people. And then they come back for like, I think nine weeks. And then, you know, this football, football's priority, football, football, right. football. Right. And you got to worry about those guys getting hurt in the weight room, man. You get hurt. The strength coach is fired. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's tough for a coach to understand, Hey coach, there's some risk involved in this stuff too, you know, and it's not always, the acuteness of what happens in the weight room, but it's chronic fatigue, maybe from practice or something like that. But that's where the meeting with the coaches and all that, you know, we, we struggled a lot, JP and Marty, when we were at Penn to get the coaches just to tell us how long you're going to be practicing and how much you're doing. So we could program. I remember um, meeting with the track coach and say, yeah, just give me the number of touches you're doing in plyos today. So we can figure out what we're going to do plyos for this whole program. And she was like, Oh, we're just going to jump a bunch. And we're like, yeah, no, no. How many touches? 50, 100, 1,000? You know, how many are you? Oh, we're just, oh, you don't have a practice plan? You mean my whole staff has a plan for the whole year, an outline for the whole year, and writes weekly and changes daily sometimes. And you can't tell me, you don't even have a paper with it written down. You know, you don't have a plan for that for any workout. Every workout is Groundhog Day. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's how kids get hurt. It's not in the way it's when the communication or the lack of preparation from a sport coach um, hinders the athlete. And then the strength coach says, well, we're going to squat heavy today because he doesn't know that they just did, you know, 200 touches of hurdle jumps. You know what I mean? That's surprising. I figured it'd be more dialed in. It's so unprofessional. You can't believe it. It's so unprofessional. You can't believe it. It's it. And I'm sure that it's different in some places, but now I have staff that work with me and now they're on the division one level, not, not just Christy. And so I'm hearing the same stuff and I, you know, it's a disservice to be, you have the, what nobody ever leaves those jobs because they're the greatest jobs in the world. People work their whole lives to get to the, the level that some of these coaches on are on. And then it's not that special. Now, is the NFL coaches, do they have everything's Yes, tied up. Yes, no question. But some of these coaches that we've run into and worked with, it's just like hit or miss. Really? <laughs> I've never you – know, we couldn't do that. You'd think with these huge tuitions nowadays, and I got a daughter going to a university. Oh, my God. You'd think everything from – from A to Z is just totally dialed in. And so I'm, I, do you think it's still that way today? Do you think it's like tightened up a little bit or do you think it's still the same? Christy. I think, I think it's dependent upon where you're at now. Like, yeah. what is it? The, the, like New Zealand people, Australia, they require their sport coaches to have degrees in science and mm-hmm. things like that so that they can actually coach their sport. Whereas here in America, you know, some of the coaches, they're going to condition your athlete and not think about tomorrow. They're going to max effort everything and not think about tomorrow. Um, it just depends. I mean, with soccer, they're number two. Now, with soccer, 
your number two person on staff sometimes is your strength and conditioning coach where they're involved in practice planning. They're involved with the, the weight training and all that kind of thing. So they're tied up, but it just depends on your organization. Some coaches, they don't have a, you know, they don't have a plan. That's crazy. Right around. Do you, you think it's because of their inexperience or lack of passion? Uh, they've been there too long. They've become too, too complacent. Or why do you think the biggest reason for that is? Uh, I have no idea. I think it's all over the place. A lot of it depends on the the sport. Um, You know, when you have 120 football players, if you don't have a plan, it's, you know, everything's in disarray. I mean, I've, so coming from a football background, when that horn, I knew as an athlete, when I walked out on the field, what period we're doing pass rush, what period we're doing run, what period we're doing this, and that horn blows and you know where to go. I mean, it's that spelled out for you. Um, so that's why I was always shocked with other sports. Okay, now we're going to scrimmage. I'm like what? <laughs> just just because you want to, or or are well, we? Well, so, so much is dependent upon the success. I mean, you can have a bad system and and still be successful, and then your yeah. bad system is entrenched because you're a winner. Yeah. Right, and it really, you know, and you and you win in spite of yourself, not because of because of yourself, and that, that a lot of that goes on. With talent, right, Marty? You just have so much talent. Oh yeah, I won't. I won't mention any names, but I, I will tell you there was one in an NFL team that did nothing but Nautilus for fourteen years. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> if you had a full coach with all the technology that they have for GPS tracking and things like that, and the coach is forward thinking enough to oh, this actually can help us. It goes a long way. You're able to kind of keep tabs on the athlete and what kind of stress they're under with regards to their like physical training and things like that. But if you have a coach who has the technology, the GPS stuff, the force plates and things like that, and they just ignore it, you're just kind of like, how can you, there's data right in front of us. Sometimes I think the pendulum may swing too far one way. Oh, the kids, you know, too much, too much stress. And you're like, well, you know, no, but you know, it just depends. Well, yeah. if the team went ten and two when they went to the Orange Bowl last year. Then you know they're staying. Yeah, I mean here, I'm, you know, I was reading a, a article about Nick Saban, and he called the strength coach from the road and said, uh, you know, he called and said, "Now today's squats and step ups, how to go?" You know, that's how tuned in he's is, and it's mm-hmm. the same program from Michigan State, in 1983 but it ain't broke. So he knows we're going to do squats and step ups on day one. And, and, and he's calling from the roads. That's how tuned in that he is to everything that's going on in that program. And then look, look at the results. And it's not just yeah. like, you see a lot of these coaches uh, one time thing and they win the national championship and the next year they're four and seven or whatever, because that's right. just, they don't have a system. They just had the best quarterback in the country you right. know, that year. Uh, Where a guy wins every year or, and, and no matter what sport, it's the organization. It's the kids know what to expect, you know, no surprises. And also do the, do the athletes improve while they're under your watch? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How much say do you guys have as far as what equipment gets brought in there? And I mean, do you have full say or do you, uh, I, I would imagine too, it depends on, uh, on budget quite a bit uh, because some of this stuff is pretty darn expensive. It depends on budget, uh, standard, um, bottom line, you should be fine. Um, unless you're going with, 
you know, you can't go in and redo a weight room. That's just due to the budget, but you can mm-hmm. order things that you need and want that kind of deal. But you get, you're making the decision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's no, nobody on the outside that's not really involved in so much with, with coaching the kids that's saying, Hey, we, you know, we want you to get this or that uh, for this type of training. Nobody's doing that. Well, coaches will, sometimes they may make suggestions. I mean, it's like, with workouts oh what why don't we have this piece of equipment what do you think about yeah. this but they don't make the decision as to if we order it or not yeah right i mean i used to have football coaches and not just at penn at other places well let, let's put it this machine this sled machine it's a sled that attaches to the power rack and i'm like well you got a sled on the field why don't we just get strong as a, a freaking gorilla in here and then go hit the sled on the field yeah. oh oh well uh you know but, but what about if we had it on the power rack i'm <laughs> I got an hour. I got an hour. We're going to squat, bench, press, bend over row. Yeah. We're going to hit the heavy bag for 10 minutes and we're going to do relaxation. Then they're going to go to practice and they'll hit the sled. Yeah. You know? Uh, or, you know, we, we had a, a baseball coach say, I'm, we're going to put a bat on a lap machine and swing the bat. And I said, <laughs> no, we're not because here's one, you know, it's a, such a fine skill and that's going to degrade the skill and da, da, da. Yeah. But how about if we put a bat on the lap machine? Yeah, and, you know, and I would look at Christy, but we would go to, I would take her to meetings sometimes, <laughs> and we'd walk out and I told we walked out as one meeting and we were in there for two hours. And she said, that's, we walked out. That's it, big dog. I was like, what do you mean? We got nothing done. They just talked the whole time and talked about kids and we got nothing done. They just talk. And I said, yeah, that's, that's what meetings are. That's, that's the way they do things. Wouldn't the, that the best, the best yeah, time ahead. was when we had a, uh, we had a swim coach <laughs> He's like, you know, we need to do more sports specific training. I said, okay, we're in a meeting. I'm like, we'll do that. We'll get a hose, we'll flood the weight room, we'll squat <laughs> on the water. And he just, you, you know, go. you get the head turned and you're like, what? I'm like, that's what, I mean, what else do you want us to do? Yeah, we're in the weight room, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same coach who said, uh, my girls are too fat. And we were like, well, how do you know? You did, uh, you did their body fat? You did the DEXA scan? What'd you do? Oh, no, I can just tell. I can just tell they're too fat. What? You don't, you're just saying that you're just, it's just opinions that we're doing. And you're saying all the girls, cause there's one over there that weighs about 27 pounds. You know, I mean, what, what? it's just the stuff you hear in these, I mean, we would leave meetings and I would just go, Christy, save me, man. Let's go deadlift. Cause I, I can't do this much more. We're either going to the bar or we're going to deadlift, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. And then we had coaches, I'd say now, you want us to come to practice because they would say, well, how about we, we don't do this or don't do that in the weight room? And I'd say, well, how about you don't do this sprint drill at your practice? Oh, well, what do you mean? I, that's something we need. Yeah. So I wouldn't go out there and tell you how to do your practice. So don't come in in the weight room and tell me how to do my lifting. Right. Because it's two different things. Then remember, Christy, we actually had one coach say, by all means, come out there and make suggestions. I was, I was so <laughs> He didn't mean it. He was just, yeah, a little strange, but um the, the job is great when you're with the kids. It's, it's, you know, I had a supervisor tell me one time when I, when I retire, I want to come back as a coach, you know, because they don't do anything, you know, and that's not true of everyone, of course, but you know, you just have the squeakiest wheels who need to just work a little more, you know, and just be quiet. So I'm sure it's not like that where you are, Christy, but places I've been. Right. Yeah. Well, good deal. All right. 
You guys uh, want to go ahead and wrap it up? Christy, where do we find you on uh, social media? I don't think you have a, an active website, but where do we find you on social? I don't have uh, any website or anything, but my Facebook is Christy Bartlett. And then my um, so my Instagram, which I'm most active on, is um, Bartlett C42 is my Instagram handle. Right. And for Facebook, you spell your name, uh, Christy. It's C-R-I-S-T-I. Yep. Christy Bartlett. Bartlett with two T's. All right. So we'll all go uh, look on social for you. We really appreciate you being a guest. Uh, like I said, you're our first female guest. Um, it's been a long time coming. We're honored to have you on. Uh, you've done a lot of great things uh, in coaching and you got this phenomenal background with steel. We always enjoy hearing your, the stories and, and background on that. Uh, so we appreciate it. Um, check out Marty's weekly column raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. You can find his latest article curl man, uh, on there now. So make sure to visit uh, him on Instagram as well at the Marty Gallagher. And you can also visit Marty and his wife, Stacy's uh, website at functional strength.org. Um, and then of course, if you need, um, Gym equipment, commercial, retail, whatever. Uh, the latest strength equipment, free weights, gym, uh, flooring, cardio equipment, and more. Uh, go check out ironcompany.com. We've been around since 97. Uh, we can take good care of you there. And uh, new Jim Steel articles can be found in our article section at Iron Company. Uh, his latest article, uh, Strategies for Sticking to Your Fitness Goals, is up now. You can check that out. And Jim, I, I read that through, you know, I, I edit all your articles and stuff. I got to tell you, you really stepped it up on this one. This is a, a great one. It's uh, I think everybody should go there and, and read it. Well, it segues uh, from the podcast we did last week with mm -hmm. staying on track. And then I started thinking, well, right you now I'd like to interview Rob Wagner. He's a PhD in sports psych. And of course he, I think the picture you're using, he's squatting 766. So he's done it too. Right. And uh, he gives some really simple, easy to follow strategies to stay on your own track, man. I thought it was just, it, he just yeah. did a good job with that. So no, it's got a nice flow to it. There's lots of great information that I think everybody could adhere to. So go check that out again. It's called uh, Strategies for Sticking to Your Fitness Goals. Just go to ironcompany.com, go to the article section at the top and look for the Jim Steele section in there and then uh, of course jim also has his own website bossbarbell.com that's b-a-s barbell.com for training motivation programs hunting hijinks you name it it's on there yeah right yeah so, and are you selling purposeful primitive yet or is it just dragon door because i got people asking who me yeah are you selling it again or is it just dragon door marty i i haven't put it on yet okay um, I, I, I know it just came back into print, so we're going to be putting it back up on oh, the good, site okay. too. Cause I'd rather people buy from you than somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. It's yeah. It, the page is there. It's just the order button is off right now. Cause, uh, you know, we've just been kind of waiting, uh, for those guys to stock. I had a guy to... text me the other day. He said, man, I just bought two. I just bought two copies. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, everybody should have at least one copy. Right. Dude. You even have no. a copy, Marty? You probably don't have any left. I, uh, I, no, I don't think I, yeah, Stacy does. I know where I can get her copy. All right. 
Uh, Christy. Yes. Get, uh, get me and Steele down there for a seminar. We'd love yes. to come down and come mm -hmm. down and we'll use the seminar as a, we'll use the seminar as an excuse to go out and drink vodka. <laughs> Have a good bar for me. Now, now remember, Christy, Marty's going to say, don't let me drink any whiskey. And That's then he's right. going to order it when you go to the bathroom. Oh, he always says that. such <laughs> BS, Marty. And I'm like, what? Why is there an empty shot glass in front of you? You left. You didn't care. You just, you just left me, man. You know. <laughs> My right, intentions are, are strong. I know they are. All right, thanks, Christy. Right. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Christy. On. It was fun. Thank you so much. All right. You're the best. Bye, bye. Thank you. Bye. See ya.